Like, seriously, as soon as we started doing these things, Tim, like, that was immediately my reaction is, like, I sound like Tom from Blink. And not in, like, the cool way Tom sounds like Tom from Blink. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to lie. You know what? Someone someone was, uh, we were talking about, I don't know how you came up in conversation, but they were like, that guy sounds just like the Blink-182 guy. <laughs> and I was like, wait till I tell him that, because it's like... <laughs> I mean, I love Blink, so I guess hey, I'll take it. But that's if that's the worst thing anyone ever said. It's not the way I think. You know how it is. Like everybody, oh, yeah. and especially living in this day and age where everybody's recording themselves all the time, it's freaky. And then Mike has, to me, like the ultimate manly voice, and he's like, "I hate my voice. I sound like I want to kill myself <laughs> every time I talk." <laughs> like, yeah, so I finally I, just realized I think everybody hates their voice. If you don't, yeah, yeah. then there's something wrong with you. Just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, so are you guys ready to make this official? I'm ready, and I've, I've, I'm looking around. I got like, I got some car magazines I can like whip out, just to like. Oh, dude! You know, I was just, gonna, what issue was your car in? Um, yeah, it's got to be back like a do little you, ways. I'm, do I you remember have, what was on cover by any chance? Um, yeah, it was a Jeep, uh, like a Jeep Unlimited. Wrangler, Wrangler Unlimited. Was it the one with pizza on the cover? Was there? I don't know. There's a Jeep <laughs> on the cover, and it's got like kind of a matte finish on it. Like this one. Hold on, I can't. Yeah, that one. It's okay. in that one. It's in. It's right. like the second or third main article. That's then... right. Ah, yeah. Okay. So, just for reference. I'm recording, by the way. Um, this is I, where it gets good. No, yeah, just for reference, I want, you know, people that watch this on YouTube to be able to see. Can you guys see that? That. So, all right, so this is one of Tim's, what, well, how many do you have? One of many, many, many of Tim's cars, but you've held on to that one for a while. Um, yeah, I don't think that one's getting sold, at least not anytime soon. Yeah. That, that was a... So, like, I feel like this podcast is one where I'm just going to sit here and you're going to talk and I'm just going to kind of like listen to your wisdom. Um, because, okay, so I guess let's I want to listen to that. That'd be, I want to listen to someone's, I want to listen to your wisdom. Let me do, I want to listen to that podcast. Um, uh, yeah, okay, so like, for, for anybody that doesn't know, this is Tim Neely. Um, you live in where, Ohio? Somewhere in the I'm middle? i like. Sunbury, Ohio, which is like 20 minutes north of Columbus. Um, originally from Northeast Ohio. Cool. Uh, grew up with the the ECS tuning guys. I don't know for you. For okay. You, yeah, yeah. In the uh, Audi yep. Volkswagen world, they kind of uh, um, their dad owned a shop called uh, Eurocar Service, <clears throat> and I uh, I sold cars. They had like a little car lot there, and I was just I was always I was always doing something like selling cars I always have like three jobs and uh they had pretty a pretty much have pretty, to if you're gonna work in the automotive <laughs> yeah, yeah they had a pretty <laughs> yes they had a pretty successful like uh U european car service thing that i think maybe even their grandfather had started and uh they started the used car thing and then i remember i came in one night and they were working on a brake kit they were working on a brake kit for like an audi 200 and uh, they were like, "Yeah, we want to do a mail order thing for 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 brakes." And I was like, "Oh, that'd be that'd be a sick business." Next thing you know, you know, they're multimillionaires. 
So, so, yep. so uh, if you're listening, kids, start a mail order business <laughs> where you make break kits. Because <laughs> they didn't know anything about making break kits yet. Everyone has their break kits. So, really? um, but that was, um, yeah, I mean, and that's when, you know, I, wa- I wanted cool cars but didn't really have cool cars. I, uh, I had a, like an Audi 5000 that I bought out of a junkyard, and uh, which just was the, so you guys know, everything this guy owns is like one of those cars you go, sheesh. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, everyone's like, I mean, it's literally like Audi 5000 is a, is a joke, you know what I mean? And, yeah. And I I bought one out of a junkyard. It had a blown up motor. Um, my buddy uh, helped me. I found an engine for it. He helped me uh, put one in it, and. Uh, and actually, that car was was pretty amazing. We uh, there was a company called Total Audi Performance. They did like uh, tunes, which a tune back then was you had to like solder a chip into a into a circuit board. Yeah. So, uh, which is why I'm not afraid to do anything because you had to do ridiculous things to get power in that. Right. Day. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was cool. We would take it. There was a little place called Drag Dragway 42, uh, which is kind of like between Northeast Ohio and and kind of the the middle of the state kind of a rundown at that time rundown uh drag drag race type of type of setup kind of like uh national trails is now um only not quite as big but uh and it, and it ran in the 13s and man let me tell you I, <laughs> I was ecstatic yeah and that car would lift the front end off the ground and it would run <laughs> like a 13.7 and i was like oh man this this car's so fast. Now, what, like, what year was that? That was, uh, I mean, that was a, the car was an 86 5000 CS Quattro. Yeah. And this was probably 1990. All 13s were blazing fast back then. I here. know, dude. It was like, Man. It was like there was a, a buddy had a, uh, uh, um, what was it? A Stealth, Stealth RT. Hell yeah. Um, and it ran in the 13s. And this thing ran uh, like a 13.7, 13.8. And I was just so proud. Uh, and uh, and it, it ran pretty well. I don't even know what happened to it. I think I sold it to a buddy. But that was, you know, that was sort of the beginning of really fueling. Uh, you know how it starts. You know, you buy you buy some car that someone's like, man, that'll never run. And then, <laughs> and then you're like, you know what? I'm gonna spend every dollar in my wallet on yeah. this car. Kind of, kind of like my hair, huh? People are like, ah, you won't. You won't do dreads. I ain't even gonna argue with you about it. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. And now you have the greatest dreads. Watch this. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, all right. For those that uh, the the reason why we got Tim on here for y'all is because like his your stick or whatever you want to call it is that you your thing is that you buy these exotics, but you find yeah. the ones that are cheap because everybody's scared to buy these cars and your whole thing is like dude these unreachable cars are actually not as hard to reach as everybody kind of thinks nor yeah. are they really as hard to work on if you're used to working on volkswagen audi whatever you know yeah they might be more difficult than a honda whatever but mm-hmm. like the cost i mean <clears throat> you can go you know you can go into it or whatever but like um i guess your whole thing is to try and explain to people that these unobtainable cars are actually kind of obtainable and you got to learn about the depreciation curve and all that kind of stuff right so like how did you yeah how did you how did you do it when i was was 18 i went to a a financial advisor and uh you know because 
I grew up pretty poor and it was pretty important for me to not remain poor. Yeah. So I wanted to talk to someone about, you know, like finances and like, how do I get, you know, my finances right? And I told him, I was like, I really get cars. Could I, could I buy and sell cars? Could that be a good idea? Yeah. And he was like, no, that's the worst. That's like the worst idea you've ever, you know, that's the, don't do that. Depreciating asset. (laughs) Yeah. Get a a mutual fund. Cause he's thinking like, you know, go buy a new car and you know, for 40 grand then it's worth 20 next week. Yeah. Obviously Mm. that's a bad idea. But I think that was about as far as he had thought it through. And I, I just saw something there. And so I, you know, gradually started flipping cars and I'm trying to, I don't really remember what like the first couple cars I flipped were now but like i bought i always wanted a range rover that was honestly one of the first cars that i flipped and everyone was like oh man range rovers are horrible but i bought this car at an auction pretty cheap and i you know i don't remember what i paid for it now but um and i made like i doubled my money on it so then it was like hmm you know i want to buy this you know (laughs) this thing and that thing i'm great at this (laughs) yeah i just started doing it you know what i mean because no one really said i mean yeah, I suppose someone told me you couldn't do it, but like usually when people told me I couldn't do something, it ended up being like something I really should do, yeah. or that ended up working out pretty well. So, uh, so I started buying and selling cars, and it and it and I realized that I don't know. You kind of like when you when you really like cars and you buy magazines and you know you read everything about cars, like you inherently know. You just know, like, yeah. You just know, like what that car costs new, and like as it depreciates, you're like, ooh, I can afford that car now. And you kind of understand, I don't know, at least I came to understand the depreciation curve of cars and when the right time to buy was and when you could kind of get out. And so by doing that, I've made, you know, wanting to buy and modify, even cars that I bought and held on to and ended up modifying, kind of were not like, you know, I made money on most of them. So I don't think I'm like, I mean, maybe you guys have probably bought and sold cars at, at some point. Like I'm maybe you. Really? Like, Willie just holds on to everything. Um, he never sells a car. Yeah, yeah. The only I've time been this last are... couple of years, it's gotten pretty. I'm not going to lie. That's one of the reasons I started uh, the YouTube channel was I ended up with a collection of like cars because understanding the particularly on these 80s and 90s cars, understanding that like a lot of these cars, like I had a I had an E30 M3 that I that I thought I paid way too much money for. And I sold it like a year after I bought it and made like six grand on it. Dang. But now, I mean, I think I paid 11 grand for it. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, I mean, and now that's like a, I don't know, $45,000 car. Right, right. Uh, I, you know, so, so in doing that now, I see all these cars. Like I bought an Audi uh, Coupe Quattro just because I thought if I really want an Audi Coupe Quattro, I won't be able to afford one right. in the future. And same thing mm-hmm. with the Cosworth. Mercedes was like, you know, if the E30s are worth forty-five grand, it can't be long until Cosworth Mercedes are worth that. So, you know, mm-hmm. I grabbed one when they were, you know, really almost free, and uh, yeah, and so now I've kind of turned that into a little bit of a, you know, I wouldn't say a business, but um, I mean it was a business for a while. I mean, I I I had a car dealership for a number of years, but. After I started P3 cars, P3 cars really kind of took over. Mm-hmm. Uh, P- P3 gauges really took over my life in a in a pretty big way. Yeah, it's, because when you start a company like that, you kind of got to throw everything into it and grow it, and uh, and that worked out well. But it also made some money, and with that, I just kept buying cars. <laughs> so I ended up with all these cars, and uh, I kind of had to position myself as a car collector to even justify it to my wife. 
Right. So I started the YouTube channel so it would give me some credibility as being like a, you know, like, you know, yeah, I do have, I have a car collection. So uh, yeah, this isn't just a game, honey. This is this is business. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, I just I'm working. Come on. You know, I made I made money on the 911 and uh, what 911? Um, it was a 996. And again, I mean, that's one where I mean, if you read, you know, the hype. I, in the era of forums now we kind of like every car has an achilles heel right and 996 is mm. i mean everybody knows ims bearings on 996s <laughs> you don't even know and, what it is you hear it you like you're blue in the face it's like you know two percent or 2.5 percent of the total cars produced actually have a problem yet if you i mean if you list one of those things for sale you you better it, you have to address address that issue so um, forums. But see that that very issue makes the car obtainable to so many more people. Yeah, right. Just got the balls to, you know, confront it. Yeah, and, and I'm telling you, if you if you buy a well maintained car and if you do oil analysis, uh, it, you know, that's that's like a I mean that's like a known issue. So you can kind of watch for it. You know, yeah. I mean it's not it's something fixable. that's going to creep. Yeah, and it's fixable and, and, and that... pretty cheap. I mean, we've got a guy a guy that lives next to me that. All he does is builds builds 911s, like restores vintage race cars. He does like a full clutch flywheel IMS bearing for 996s. It's like with labor, it's 2800 bucks or something yeah. with the clutch. And I mean, to, to do a clutch in whatever car you've got is going to be, yeah. even if you do it yourself, I mean, a clutch in a flywheel is going to be 1200 bucks for, for most performance cars. Yeah. Yep. So it's not like that's we're talking what, crazy. That's what I always tell my buddies. Every complaint about the 996 is like an opinionated dumb one like everybody's like oh but that that's the one with the ugly headlights those are the same people in 10 years that are gonna be like that's the one with like the kidney shaped headlights that's the one I'm, you know and they're like and oh that's like the that. first of the water cools in 10 years you're gonna be like that's the first of the water cool bye 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 you know it's like all these yep. and, and then you have the ims well yeah that's fixable you know people right. are like oh the interior's lame Old Porsches have never. My, I got a '79. It's not a gorgeous interior. That's not what it was about, you know. It's like, yeah. And especially the '96. It's a 1999. Like that's what the interiors yeah. were. Like you know, I don't know what these people are expecting. Right. Right. But yeah. yeah I, I know. Well, okay. So I got a question. What would be without giving away all your trade secrets? Like, what are some of the 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 wild card cars out there that you would be like, man, why are people not I can't believe these things are this cheap. People are forgotten they exist. They're not considering them. Well, I think a lot of the cars, low mileage AMG cars with the like the the, the anything fifty five. Dude, after I read your article the other day, me and Mike were up till like one a.m. We're like, <laughs> so what the hell is a Mercedes? <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna buy. I'm definitely gonna I've buy never... a CL fifty five. See, dude, I have put Mercedes out of my head so yeah. long ago that I don't know. What the hell? All these different, you know, like I, I've just, and that's the thing. I'm guilty of doing exactly what so many people do, which is I've just written them off. Like that, you know, like right. you couldn't make it cheap enough to make me consider it because I'd be like, hell no, I'm not gonna get wrapped up in that kind of problem nope. without even knowing what the problems are. I just kind of run. So away all from of it. those early, all of those early uh, 55 cars, so like E55, CL55, SL55. Okay. Um, the super the the supercharged ones. Um, mm -hmm. They make like 500 horsepower. They so they're monsters. They're they're crazy monsters. They're and supercharged they're, they're V8s. Much, 
and they're bulletproof. I mean, they're hand-built, they're, they're over-engineered, forged internals, and the transmission that they come with that everyone is like complains about, well, it shifts a little slow. I'm, they, dude, they, they do like 300,000 miles. You know, I mean, they're, 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 it's a great, for an automatic, I mean, it is an automatic transmission. That's and I mean, I think for every, for every car, you know, there's, there's a different, you know, personality type. I mean, I think right now, S2000s, you know, low mile, clean S2000s, buy them now. Because any of these cars that are getting like really, really, you know, like are, that are hot to mod, yeah. eventually you just can't find stock ones. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that and the S2000 is actually a pretty good j just car, you know, yeah. especially the AP1. Uh, you know, it revs to 92 or 9300 RPMs. It's yeah. the shifter is like one of the best shifters on the on anything. Um, I just bought a, an M5, uh, yeah, E60, I saw that. E60 M5, because, and I and I hesitate to, I'm about to sell it, so I hesitate to tell you what I paid for it, but like, yeah. it, it's like, it's pretty ridiculous what, um, if you look at, you know, I mean, you could you could look up wholesale on that car is under $10,000 right mm -hmm. now. Are you serious? It's 500, 500 horsepower, um, seven speed SMG or six speed manual transmission. It's got like uh, I mean, three gallons per mile, right? Like in, in miles, yeah. Like it does have. It also has like the world's smallest gas tank. So like the <laughs> mistakes were mistakes were made. Mistakes were definitely made. But, but still, it's badass, I mean, like, huh? It's it like it's literally you know that that V10 came you know when they I mean BMW was in the V10 era is like the the most glorious Ferrari uh, BMW. Um, Sauber, Mercedes, you know, that, that era of F1 is like kind of like, if you're into cars, that era of F1 is like, I think, the modern golden age of F1. Yeah. And I think, you know, the fact that that car, that V10 car, that V10 was sort of developed through their Formula One program and, and heavily detuned to make only 500 horsepower, uh, it's... I this so is pretty freaking fa uh, fantastic. See, you just got this thing last week, right? And you're selling it this week. So well, I'm shooting a video. I'm shooting a video with it this week for Tim's Enthusiast Garage. Yeah. Um, basically, to sort of because there's a lot of things to know about that car. I mean, I'm not saying every every car has some shortcomings. That car, uh, you know, there are some things you should look out for, and it it, it might not be, you know, sort of a car for everybody in that it's, uh, you know, it could be expensive to maintain. But that's at what the same I was time, gonna kind of get at, like. At the you, same time, though, it's a hundred, you know, essentially a hundred thousand dollar car that is, you know, they only made nineteen thousand of them worldwide um, total production over the whole lifetime of the car. So it's it's a rare car. If you look where like E twenty eight M fives and E thirty four M fives and like even E thirty nine M fives, E thirty nine M fives are now really low mile ones are you know really creeping up fast. I mean, that car is going to go back to where it's almost where it's sticker price was right, at some right. point. Um, and if you look at like E30s and E28s, a lot of those things have 150,000 miles. So, yeah. you know, here's here's a car that as long as you maintain it um, and love it, you're paying less than 10% or 10% of what it costs new. Uh, I'm looking at it as, okay, you can afford to over the next, if you drive it for two or three years, you know, uh, if you throw... So, you know, budget some money to maintain it. It's if if you if you want that car. I'm not saying See, that's like that's the that's where I, I I fear for our readers and 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 stuff and myself because 
you know, you get these cars get so cheap that you can afford to buy them. But can you yeah. afford the first problem that comes up? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, I mean, you said you can get those cars for about 10 grand. Your first minor problem could cost a third of that. You know, yeah, for you sure. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. And this car, the reason I bought it was it just had uh, this car was actually it was purchased by someone who spent all of the money uh sorting out a lot of those issues yeah and i and i think that's a good i just i think that's a good car for someone it, it that, probably what are the issues on that m5 because i'm sure there's somebody listening now that's going so it's an early list. you know it's an early uh can car so it everything talks to each other you know what mm -hmm. i mean instead of like electrical connections yeah there's a lot of communication between computers uh silly fault codes and stuff like that is the problem for almost every car in that early can yeah. uh, communication era. Uh, that car uh, um, has 10 individual throttle bodies, like individual throttles, and the actuators on those is is one of the things that fails. It's, they're like the part, the, the part per bank is like $1,100. So I mean, yeah, this, this car is kind of a bad example for what I'm, what I'm talking about <laughs> in terms of like, Cheap, cheap car but to see, own. see, y'all, that's what Tim does is he mentions these cars that you've kind of like unconsciously just written off. Like the Quattro Porte. Never. Honestly, Quattro Porte. Thought about Quattro Porte is a great car. And you, you had me that. online the other night looking at damn Maserati. <laughs> you, you should. They're so cheap. I'm telling you. Listen, so in the, in the BMW, there are faults that can pop up. And because it's a German car, it will enter the car into like Wreck a reduced, your power, life. <laughs> reduced power mode. You, you know, you must visit the workshop. The Italians are not like that. Yeah. The, the Italian, if it senses a problem, it's like, eh, you know. <laughs> no big deal. It's like, it going. might throw off a little code, but it's like, you can still have the full power. <laughs> you take all the time. Having the fun. You know? <laughs> so uh, that car, I'm telling you, I bought it. I bought it real, real cheap. Again, less than 10% of the sticker price new. And that was um, with, what, 40,000 miles or something? Yeah, 40,000 miles. I've put... Uh, so, y'all, like, he's buying a car with less than 50,000 miles for 10%. Of what it cost new, which was yeah. six digits, right? I mean, a hundred and a hundred and I I have the window sticker. It's like a hundred and twenty-seven thousand. Hundred twenty thousand dollar car for ten. I grand. mean, like those Maseratis are insane. They're almost worthless. They're like freaking... I have two. I have I have a Quattroporte and I have a Grand Sport. The Grand Sport is is and if you watch my video on it, if those get much cheaper, seriously, very few things. Uh, fail on that car that are expensive. There's, there's, it's very heavily over-engineered. Uh, I've spent zero money. I'm, and I'm not even making that up. I've spent zero money on the uh, on the Quattroporte, other than doing an oil change and oil analysis. I usually do oil analysis on cars just to kind of make sure, you know what I mean? Like make sure mm, rod bearings or any sort of impending doom particularly yeah. you know what i mean i mean just just to be safe no i yeah. don't uh, i don't do any of that i just change the oil mm, no problem yeah which is cool. <laughs> i mean i own i own a lot of cars so i get, yeah. get a little paranoid you get a little paranoid yeah uh but uh so so how does that kind of depreciation happen i mean that's an insane because people are well first of all 
Well, all right, we live in Atlanta, so we understand the Quattro Porte type of buyer, right? Like when yeah, these right, things are new, you gotta have it because it's new right. and it and it's a show off car. And then well, after I, five years, nobody wants that shit. You know what I mean? And then no. on top of that, the people that do are smart enough to know to run away from it because of the maintenance. So yeah, literally, the, the bottom falls out. The person that bought that car new doesn't even want it three years. No, after. yeah. And for me, it's like, you know, the Pennant Farina styling is very attractive to me. The Ferrari F136 engine is... Yeah, say that again it, so people know. It's a Ferrari... Yep. Yeah, the, the Ferrari motor. The Ferrari F136 engine. So good. I mean, it, the sounds <laughs> it makes are... Uh, seriously, so I, I got this car. I went and picked up a buddy. And uh, he's he's got numerous cars. He's got a GTR, like a new GTR. He's got several like interesting cars, and we're going, you know, driving in the Quattroporte, and he he puts the window down, and we go under a like a little underpass, and you know it, it's like, oh, you know, the sound <laughs> of angels, and he literally was like, oh, really? he's like, if you ever want to sell this car, call me. He's like, I'll I'll buy it immediately because it 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 is just a it really is a good car. Now, I mean, it it's not like I mean it it has some used car things about it like the interior interiors from from cars in that era particularly european we all have like soft touch stuff everywhere so they get sticky and disgusting yeah. and horrible yeah. so i mean i've had to i've had to rectify all that but there wasn't really any expense in that it's just taking and cleaning off all that the gook i don't even know why that was ever a thing but, uh, because when it was new, it, it's like the Volkswagen stuff. When they're new, you're like, oh my gosh, this is all so soft. No, this just like, feels great. And yeah, now it I wore it out. Yeah, it sucks <laughs> after the yeah after the heat cycle or whatever. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean that car, I, I definitely think. And then, I mean, if something breaks, take that engine and swap it into a whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I mean, the engine breaks, put an LS into the freaking Quattro Porte. <laughs> the thing is, the, that engine is not going to break. If Those the rest of the are, car breaks, yeah, put the engine in a Honda. <laughs> I think that engine will be fantastic in a Honda. I mean, I think, you know, and for for as cheap as they are, I I knew I'm on a bunch of different forums with those cars, and guys will buy, you know, now that they're so cheap, will buy them just to part them out. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, you're you're getting, you can get ten or fifteen grand just for all the parts on the car and still have the engine. And I mean, let's talk about swap, man. I yeah. mean, swapping that thing. That's why you're seeing. Someone just swapped one onto like a Harley frame, and it's no like kidding. a it's like a Maserati engine on a Harley frame. I mean, that's a great idea, right? I don't know. Sounds cool. Seems legit to me. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, you were saying on the Quattro Porte, just for people that are curious, get the automatic. Yeah. So on the Grand Sport, the the Grand Sport is a is a car that was like the run out model of the forty two hundred coupe, and is was heavily revised built in modena um ferrari balanced blueprinted the engines like that car is you that you can trust the the f1 gearbox in that car the is is up to the task in the quattroporte they tuned it so that uh rich businessmen that bought them knew it would feel sort of like an automatic transmission which is super bad news if yeah. you know anything about how a clutch operates um, so they go through clutches like crazy. It's called the Duo Select in that car, and you should av you should avoid that. I mean, I think and Maserati purists are prob would probably hate me for that, but like people that just want to drive cars and have a good time would yeah. 
or would love me because <laughs> seriously, the the ZF automatic is the same one that's used by AMG and all the AMG cars. It, you know, it can handle <laughs> six, seven hundred horsepower. This car only makes four hundred. You know, so it's it. You know, at at forty or fifty thousand miles. You know, you've got another hundred thousand miles even before you need to change the fluid. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a great, it's a great, it's a great car to enjoy. I mean, some people might might want to do that, but some people might not. I think the M5 is more of a car to flip. I think the M5s are a car that is, it's it's really cheap. If you've always wanted to drive a V10, I think now's the time to buy that, enjoy it for a little while, and flip it. I do feel like the M5 is the kind of car that could be potentially ruinous if you were trying to, you know what I mean? Like I just be, I just shoot you straight. I mean, I think the buyer for that is probably not, you know, someone who wants to to experiment and dip their foot into the well of the exotic or whatever. But I, right. I'm serious. I think the Quattroforte is. Um, other other foibles are like uh, I mean the electrical system on the on the Quattroporte uh, when you look at how the battery is connected to the car some Italian got real drunk when he designed that because there's is a whole bunch of stupidity and, and so I I did add an, an extra ground strap that goes directly to the body because okay. I'm not even sure if it's grounded it's so poorly designed. <laughs> That Why can't they that, figure it out for generations? Yeah, now. Because they, I seriously think they ask themselves this question: Does it look beautiful? Yes. Does it sound beautiful? Yes. Does it go fast? If if those things are check 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 done, done. <laughs> car car finished. You know what I mean? Like whereas Toyota is like completely the opposite. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, can you if you forget to change the oil for forty thousand miles while it's still running? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> check yeah that is not a question any italian has ever asked ever <laughs> it is uh you know so i mean you gotta <laughs> love it though yeah. all right so what else i mean like you got you know the, the s2000 you gotta buy an s2000 huh? i think s2000 is i've always should... always huh? wanted an s2000 man. dude s2000 AP1, ap1 the 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 early two liter cars are I think one of the best shifters ever put in a car. Um, well, is they're historic because at the time they made more power per liter than any other production car before it or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's that kind of stuff that you know in thirty years is gonna yeah. is gonna pull money at the. Auction. I think it's I think it's a hugely collectible car even already. Yeah. Um, you know, it, and 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 you see, you know, and I think. Other cars that I think that are going to be um, valuable, uh, or that that are, you know, currently that you should consider buying is, uh, for for example, one of the cars that I really want is a Mark II Volkswagen GTI, just a regular Mark II Volkswagen GTI. Bro, good luck, because every one of those cars has been VR6 swapped, or stanced, or whatever else. Yeah. So if you want to find a GTI, so I would say, cars like that's why you're seeing like just uh eg so, hatches shooting up in value like crazy because right, yeah. there are not there are none everyone everybody yeah uh, you know modded them and then sold them for two grand and then they sold them for a grand and and then they were like oh this is a parts car now and so now those cars that we grew up with that are like you know fantastic cars there are none yeah. so like crx's stuff like that i mean that's the kind of stuff you can buy if you find if you stumble upon 
like a one owner CRX, yeah. bro. Immediately you got buy. a place to store it. Yeah. yeah Immediately yeah. You buy. were telling me that on the phone. So like any of these kind of generational hit cars or whatever that are yeah. now super affordable, unmolested. If you got the money to scoop them, scoop them, huh? Yeah. And I think, and I mean, you know, for, for someone like us, I mean, I will say it's really hard for me not to mod a car. Yeah, um, see, if I found myself a whatever a mark ii or a crx or something yeah i, I would be I, i'd be or like the s2000 if i found a low mileage ap1 s2000 i'd be like sweet let's slam it turbo <laughs> kit yeah turbo let's start kit, driving this thing. rpf1s and coilovers immediately yep yep yeah i mean i think i don't know i mean part of me recent you know in the last few years has in some ways become a i mean a purist i, I don't know i hesitate to say that because of because of the audience um, yeah. but I think a lot of people that read us three you know I think there's a I think there's a place for that I mean I think there's uh, a place for uh, that nostalgia kind of thing you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying because like I have had to resist the I mean almost everything I feel like needs the right set of wheels and the right set of low right I mean yeah that's not really modifying a car right yeah, I yeah, mean, can, yeah. we, can we yeah. agree yeah. I mean everything needs to be now I'm not talking about you know, like rolling fenders, you know, to within an inch of their lives yeah, or whatever. But I mean, if I if I were to buy a Miata <laughs> tomorrow, it's getting slammed. It's probably getting a turbo kit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's just what's happening. Yeah, that's what's that's what's happening. But yeah. you know, I think the right the right decision from and and let me go back. I mean, I think a lot of what I'm saying is that you can fund. Uh, I think you can fund your mod stuff by buying some of these cars. And holding and, and and selling these cars by not modifying them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like uh, I think if you, um, and I, well, and I, I don't think this. I mean, I know I know this to be true because I've done this. But um, you know, I I still am, am building uh, you know interesting cars. Uh, I'm I'm looking for a TT and Audi TT right now to to build, um, and it will get you know big turbo and all the and all the stuff, um, but. I'm also looking for those those like I said another Cosworth just to just to buy and flip a year or two years from now because they're so undervalued. I think they're so undervalued right now. So, so I don't like, know. what? How do you have a formula? Like, how do you know? Why do you just trust your gut? Like, when is it time to sell? You know, like I know you mentioned with the M5, that car will hit a hundred grand again. Yeah. What makes you decide yeah. not to hold on to it? Till that point, like how? Well, do you... I think a, I think you just have to be. I have friends that are. I mean, I. I, I guess the reason I ask is because I would hold on to everything. I'm really bad about that, you know. Like I, I'll never cash out. You know what I mean? Because I'm. Always... I think the right there's a right time to do that, and I and I uh, I have a friend that is 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 not really a not an enthusiast like we are, but is more of like a like he's a he's like a he's like a semi enthusiast car <laughs> dealer. Like he has good taste in cars. Right, right. But he's really a car dealer. And he, he gave me some wisdom once, and he was like, look, everything's always going to be more, worth more than it is right. today. But the question is, is it worth enough for you to part with it? So I think for me, when air-cooled cars started going through the roof, I had a I had an RS America. And, like, I figured I did not see that car being worth $200,000, like, <laughs> like now. Yeah. And if I had, I definitely would have kept it. <laughs> so, I mean, you kind of can't – I mean, it's impossible to read some of those trends – but when that car, you know, went to the point where I could make fifteen thousand dollars, I mean, 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's a big I mean, like, yeah, you could make more, but uh, if someone's going to buy, that's why I sold my this last 911, was like someone offered, you know, our 996 is going to go up? Absolutely, clearly. But I, you know, I'd had that car for five years. I kind of felt like, I mean, at some point, you know, could I have kept it forever and just willed it to my children? I right. mean, absolutely. And and that, you know, and they're probably going to hate me for not doing that. But uh, at, at some point, you have to say, you know, I think that I, I was made an offer that was significantly more than what I paid for the car. Mm-hmm. And now I'm on to the next couple things. Well, and you got to keep the cash flowing, right? Like, I mean, you me do, and Mike and learned I, that when we were doing still hood shift knobs and stuff. You, yeah. you got to keep it moving. Move the inventory. Like, yeah, you just you got to keep it right. moving and keep the momentum going. So, yeah, it's something like you're doing where you're always buying and selling. I totally get it. You know what I mean? You got to be able to do that. Yeah, like, what would you do? More, at this point, go ahead. I, just, I mean, to get personal, I got a 79 911. I got it before the prices got ridiculous. I got, you know, lucky and got it cheap. Like, at what point would you cash out? My problem well, on is... On air-cooled cars, I think if you still own an air-cooled car and you want to own an air-cooled car, you right. probably shouldn't sell it. Yeah, because, because my, my personal situation is if I sold the car, I couldn't buy it again. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because they keep going up, and I'd be like... That's yeah, and I think that's the answer to that is, I mean, <clears throat> if... Like, for me, like, 911s are worth what 911s are worth. I mean, like, you have to say, you know, would you pay $50,000 to, to get that car again? And for no. me, the answer is probably not. I mean, yeah. I don't think I'd because I like air cooled cars, but I mean, to me, the the ironic, you know, uh, dash that was around for thirty five years or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that's just like I don't know. And a lot of in Porsche was really poor when the nine nine three came out. So I think part of why the nine nine three kept all the original nine eleven crap was they didn't have any money to no develop options. anything anything else at that point yeah so like i think some of the stuff that people are in love with on the 911 like the floor hinge accelerator pedal and stuff like that i mean yeah i mean you can be like some of that is just ooh, we engineer it until it's perfect some of it is like there's no deutschmarks left uh it's gonna stay floor hinge so and i and again purists are probably like i hate this guy yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I don't think if you if you can't ever justify paying, you know, X amount of dollars more and you currently have that car. And it is, I mean, a, you know, a 911, air-cooled 911 is a pretty special car. I mean, I would say you probably shouldn't sell that car. Well, and for me, The it's cars I'm just... talking about, like, 996s are going to still, still kind of go up and up yeah, and up yeah. and up and, you know. I feel like I can still get another 996. So selling that is a no-brainer. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, you know, so I don't know if that answers your question. Well, for me, the, the 911 SC, that's my childhood. Literally, I grew up in the back of one, you know. So, like, yeah. having it is more than just a car. It's it's the smells and everything like that. Yeah, Like I was telling you, I think, was I telling you that before we were recording? Like, the wheels on my 911 are the same wheels that were on my dad's car when I was growing up in the 80s. Like, the same set of wheels, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I, like, I don't think you ever saw... You, you just answered your own question. I mean, yeah. I don't think... Like, I don't think I, for, for those that. of you guys listening, this is so full circle shit, but like... The, uh, okay, you know how like the 911 turbos have the little guards on the rear fender? Everybody knows them, those shark fin guards or whatever. Like, 
when I was nine or ten years old, I remember being in Jacksonville and my dad held them up in the garage. He was like, should I put these on my car? Because he had, he still has an 82 that he bought in 83. So that was the car I grew up in. And he was like, should I put these on here? And me being the ricer that I am, even at eight years old, was like, yeah, put them on there. They're black and they're cool. Yeah, put them on. And uh, he was like, ah, I don't know. And he stuck them in his toolbox. And then, what, 25 years later, I had a 911, and I went and grabbed him out of his same toolbox and threw him in my car. So for me, selling the 911 would be tough because, you know, it's like letting go of my whole freaking... And everyone listening to this podcast should be, like, shedding tears right now. <laughs> I'm like, that's such a... I mean, yeah, you shouldn't sell that car. I mean, any car that you have that That's car, why people are always like, why don't you put, like, some 18s on it? And I'm just like... Man. No, but I do nope. think at some point... Well, here's the thing. Let me break it down like this. I was I was just talking to my son. I mean, I think the, the irony for car guys yeah. is that in order to have the cars we want, we need money. And a lot of stuff in the automotive industry, like owning a magazine... Like, like running a YouTube channel is <laughs> not like instantly millions are just pouring in. No. Yeah. So like the reality is like we have a, a finite amount of resources, but we have this this uh, this other gift, this other ability, which is to understand cars that we love. Yeah. So for you, it might be different. <laughs> I mean, it might be, you know, for some, you, you, you know, might be Camaros, might be Pontiac G8s, might be, you know, that that. uh you know the Holden Monaro GTO thing yeah. that are th those cars are cheap right now and and like to find really nice ones you know you might under you know you know you might be able to understand how you could make money on that if you do and you have a little bit of extra money laying around i would just conjecture that instead of throwing all your money in mods you should try to replicate that money a little bit and cuz that's what i've done again this is the only reason i have multiple maseratis and all these these cars more like way more cars than is even prudent yeah, I mean, like, seriously, it's it's it's, it's too many. <laughs> However, all of those cars are appreciating. I mean, I have multiple right-hand drive minis. I have, I have all these these cars that I always wanted to own. Well, I've I've got them, and they're just kind of like they're ticking up in value and ticking up in value. Right, right. And and uh, and I would just say that I mean, if you really want to put a, a nasty build together, <clears throat> and you're like, well, I want to do you know independent throttle bodies, and I want to you know. Whatever you want to do, you know, you want to gold plate your subframe and do a low rider, what, whatever it is you want to do, whatever you understand, the commodity. I look at cars kind of like what we're talking about is like a commodity and understand that, like, these cars are way undervalued. Um, like, if you if you end up with, like, the last whatever it is that's really clean and no one else has it. And you know you're emotionally connected to it. There's probably someone else that's emotionally connected to right, it. Yeah. You should buy. You should buy those cars. And I, I mean, for me, it is not like Chrysler Crossfires, or it yeah. is not like 1940s cars, or it is not you know 1950s cars, uh, or you know it's it's 80s, the stuff 90s. 80s and 90s stuff. Like so, I didn't really like 300 ZX, you know, when I was growing up. Now oh, all of a sudden, man, I'm like. I'm fiending yeah. for 300 ZXs, dude. I I want an 86 digital dash 300 yeah. ZX. <laughs> so bad it hurts. And now I'm seeing all these for sale, like locally at these little car lots. I'm about to be the 300 ZX king, man, and I'm gonna buy all these things <laughs> and then sell them five years from now, or even like five months from now, for 20 percent more, 30 percent more. And yeah, then what's the deal with the Z31? Like it is the one of the ultimate iconic 80s wedge-shaped defining cars and yet nobody gives a shit 
and like the tuner generator. Everybody's all you know. S13. Dude, it is an awesome. It is an awesome car. I drove one. Uh, a guy brought one in for um, one of my one of my businesses is an auto spa, so we do like paint correction and that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this guy brought one in, and dude, I was shocked how awesome the car was. Really? Like the the. The digital dash, a amazing. The shifter feel was way better than I remember from the one that I must have driven like a ragged out one, you know, <laughs> back in the day. But even the, the the noise that it made, I mean, the turbo, you know, that the, the turbo whistle and stuff was like hot. I mean, the car the car is hot and it's light and it feels sporty and it's 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 kind of small compared to modern cars. And why people aren't all over that car? Why that's not a Thirty-five, forty thousand dollar car. I mean, dude, I think they're like six hundred dollars all day long down here. It's like, are you serious? I, there's a seriously nice one. I'm gonna go. I'll uh, I'll tag you in it when I post it on Instagram. But there's an '86, um, and I don't know if it has the digital dash, but it is a turbo. And if it has the digital dash, I'm buying it. But dude, that uh, was like when I was ten years old. I was like, that's gonna be my first car. Like a white, I didn't know it was a Z31, but like a white 300ZX turbo. And I remember my dad, we were, you know, I lived in Jacksonville. We went to a dealership and I remember him going, holy shit, that's like a $30,000 car. I think they were like 28000 even back which then. Is, yeah, which he is was crazy. Like, yeah, that freaking Porsche for not much more than that. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah, they were expensive, but. I don't know. To me, they're just iconic looking 80s And that's cars. a good example. I mean, that's a car that really, until recently, you know what got me into that car is I bought a uh, an R32 Skyline. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I've got freaking Nissan fever. JDM fever, like a like a it's a, like a, literally a disease. I mean, I'm on all these websites like. Dude, I've got a '94 Pathfinder that you would. Just... Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't slam it. You should not slam nah, it. Nah, I'm not gonna slam yeah, it. Yeah, don't but, slam. No, but uh, I need I to mean, buy a set I of good wanna, tires. A set that'll total it. <laughs> I want a K van, and I want like, oh, man, I just I got JDM fever like a, I, I just I got it bad. Really? <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> man. I'm, I'm, I'm not even. You so just looked at the camera like Doc Brown. I'm, I'm like dead, dead serious. Like all of a sudden. FD FD RX seven I need yeah. like Z, Z, you know these this three hundred ZX I need all of a sudden I, I don't know what's going on it's just like weird stuff R thirty two R is a hell of a car really is it is it really a hell of a I, car like I've always I've never driven one I've always just been like ah people just like it because we couldn't have it have you ever you've never driven one never never gotta, ridden in one you got to drive it dude I it is. If for for that era, and again, I mean, I own a bunch of stuff from the era, so I can kind of baseline it against like the Audi and the the Mercedes and this other stuff that it's yeah. supposed to not it's supposed to not be as nice as. Yeah, dude, shifter feel amazing, uh, build quality in terms of like the drivetrain and stuff, amazing. Power delivery again, relative to the era, amazing. Um, and you you can you know they baseline the Porsche nine fifty nine. On that car, you can see it in the spec with the twin turbo and the six-cylinder, yeah, yeah. the all-wheel drive. It, it is it is unreasonably good. I mean, literally unreasonably good. Like the only thing you know that I'd say, uh, Japanese cars in that era kind of had like really really bad. Some of the interior pieces were just horrible in Japanese yeah. cars in that era. And this car, I mean, the dash is not nice material. Yeah. Um, there's there's some of that stuff, but other than other than that, it is like. You should. You got to drive it. It's shockingly good. Like shockingly good. That's cool. Plus, you can ride the slide all day, and that yeah. thing. And I'm a sucker. 
I'm a sucker for sideways. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. I'm trying to think of what the hell else I want to ask you. Well, we started with the M5. That was a horrible decision. Now everyone's scared to. Now <laughs> my whole my whole premise of like good cars you can buy cheap that probably wasn't on that list but but it was it is it, it's, it's ridiculously cheap and if, if you want i'll tell you man so so woolly told me that you were gonna be on with us a couple days ago and like he said we were up till like one two in the morning you have got me all of a sudden obsessed yeah. with these amg mercedes what about mercedes i've never given a shit my mom had a 82 240 diesel <laughs> not a turbo one but like that banana yellow 240 diesel. And ever since then, I've just not cared about a Mercedes. Well, yeah, that is, I mean, that is the worst, you know, that's like <laughs> everywhere else in the world. My dad got it. <laughs> that is the taxi. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's and literally, Matchbox go. made a taxi version Yeah, of I mean, it is, a, it is a taxi. Here, you know, I think that, I don't know. I mean, that is definitely before the era where I just got one of those on, uh, on a, as a trade-in so, on something. And it's crazy how much people love those cars. I do not love those cars. There's but when you get into the the AMG, the proper AMG era, every one of those cars has a charm, I think. So, like, I what's mean, the again, personality? Like, okay, so the personality of the BMW M5, the V10, is it's a badass car, but it, you're going to have to take it to a dealer for everything that's wrong, right? And it's going to be expensive. The personality of the... If I'm reading this right, you know, it's going to be the personality of Quattro Porte is kind of a little bit hot roddy, but from an mm -hmm. Italian perspective, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, like you said, you can you can keep it running, right? Like, And you can do all your service. I mean, I think even on the BMW, if you buy the BMW diagnostic tool, which you can get cheap on eBay or mm -hmm. whatever, you know, I mean, like you can do your own service. I mean, I do most of the service on my cars or have friends that help me do service on most of my cars so like i mean it's definitely not going to a bmw dealer if it breaks i mean yeah. I, I, that's like a thousand percent not <laughs> yeah. you know because yeah, it's yeah. like you, they so, will take your house so i mean let there be no <laughs> yeah all right so how does the mercedes stack up they're a little bit more well i think solid. the mercedes the Mercedes is, I mean, you know, the Alfalterbach, uh, you know, their their mindset is uh, villainous horsepower. I mean, you know, the AMG Hammer was their first real, you know, their first real foray into it. And it was the, the their engine building was so good that Mercedes eventually absorbed the company. You know, essentially it was like, you know what, you get performance so much better than we do here. We're, we're going to we just want we, we want AMG to essentially be our M. Yeah, our, yeah. You know, our tuning yeah. Arm. So, um, you know, the, the character is, uh, I will say, not really, um, you know, if, you, if you're really into, like, corners and stuff, that did not come till recently. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, the, the, the real precise No, if you want, like, a getaway car. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to smoke <laughs> some tires and yeah. make nasty, nasty V8 noises... And, and pay no consequences, essentially. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, for example, I, I think mean. That's what we all want. You know, yeah, you buy yeah. a American car and do a burnout. And America. If you a American car, you do a burnout. German nothing car. Nothing will be damaged <laughs> except for some tires will be, will be smoked. Same thing with the AMG. I mean, you could literally be like, you know what? I would like to roast through this entire tire right now just because I can on the highway <laughs> and, <laughs> and do it. You know, just light them up and big smoke, you know. 
that's where I mean that car those cars live and but I also think they live in you know you have to be into the engineering and the the design uh, unfortunately this this era of AMG coincided with Chrysler's acquisition of so so some of, there are some cheaper parts and there are you know some of the cars are better than others and I mean I think you need to go into it kind of you need to get passionate about it. you know what yeah. I'm saying because if you're if you're staying up to one in the morning researching it then that's that's the right call because yeah. if you're just like oh Tim mentioned a car I'm gonna go buy it that would be the wrong call because yeah. you're gonna buy something that you're not familiar with you're gonna be scared of it like if you're going into it and you're like man Maserati those are I heard those were crazy I mean I guarantee if you buy it going into it like that it will be crazy yeah and the first weird thing that happens like will set you off and you'll be like I knew it. I knew it. It's gonna be <laughs> fucking Tim, man. Get yeah, me into shit. Just the bastard, you know. <laughs> that what I mean? fucking so, guy. <laughs> that's not the right call. You know what I mean? But I, but I do think you know doing the research like you would on anything else. I'm not trying to make like a whole I bunch mean, of people. These freaking dudes, you know, that read us three can keep rotaries running and DSMs on the road. <laughs> you know what I'm what saying? <laughs> yeah. If you've got an eclipse, if you, I, I need you to add up your, your, your receipts. Yeah. You have $75,000. <laughs> you do. You do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're, if you're, uh, you just, you the just do. And that's kind of where I'm at is like, for me, uh, you know, buying this Maserati, I mean, I've had so much fun. People, everybody, I tell you what, WRXs, I think, are the, the natural, uh, uh, they, they just have, when they see a Maserati on the road, they have to smoke it. So I cannot <laughs> tell you how many enjoyable <laughs> runs I've had yeah. with with bros vaping and their WRXs <laughs> up to, like, obscene, obscene like speeds <laughs> and and it is and every time they're like you know they, they slow down and they're like oh that was, that was fantastic because they think you know like i'm some rich guy or whatever and I, yeah. and I was you know like and and you know that is really not the case i'm just a, i'm just a i just realized that i couldn't invest seventy five thousand dollars in an eclipse and feel good about yeah. myself and sleep at night yeah so and i and i've, I've said before i mean the thing that really kind of sent me on this path was I bought a B5S4, which everyone dreams about because, well, maybe not everybody, but, um, it, you know, that was one of the first, uh, in that early 2000s, that was one of the first cars where you could make, like, with with bigger turbos and stuff, you could make five or 600 horsepower. Yeah. I was mm -hmm. on the quest, man. I was on the quest. <laughs> I literally dropped, like, $25,000, and then it broke. And then I fixed it. <laughs> and then it broke again, and I fixed it. And it was like a never-ending, you know, I don't even, I drove it, you know, there was like, there was, there was like one day where <laughs> I, where I got to run where some friends. Yeah. And, and it was like, it, it had its hero day. Yeah. And it was faster than all their cars, but that was it. It was like one day, one day. 25 grand. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. Yeah. yeah. Mike, what do you drive? Uh, right now I've got a... Very, very badly injured 2017 Mustang GT uh, with a blower on it. We we blew the tranny up a couple weekends ago. I say we. It was 100% me. <laughs> I blew it up. <laughs> because of the magazine, yeah. we get used to saying we a lot, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Politically correct. Now it's all him, yeah. 
And he had just had it. He had just had it tuned. Oh, what man. for maybe like uh, ten days or something? Like he yeah, went and met up with me and took it. me for a ride in it, and I was like, "Yeah, this is pretty cool." He's like, "Let's go to the drag strip. I want to go to the drag strip. You come to the drag strip?" I was like, <laughs> "No, it's like an hour and like ten minutes away. Years, man. It's Ninety degrees outside. I'm not going to the drag strip in my damn Fiesta, you know." <laughs> and, and yeah. <laughs> And it was funny. What did it run? It what was, did the Mustang run with the blower on it? I didn't really get a good, even that good pass with it. I didn't even get a good complete. The funny like thing was, was it, it, it blew the transmission out. Fourth <laughs> gear was completely not there. I coasted to a 12.6. <laughs> well, that's pretty fast. Yeah. Cool. Funny thing was, from my perspective, I was I had written off going to the drag strip. It was too far. There were storms in the area. I wasn't going. So I decided to go ride my mountain bike, right? So I get to the mountain bike park, check my phone before I throw it in the car, and Mike is pulled up next to a black Camaro, and it, it says something like, this could be us, but you're too much of a bitch to buy a Camaro. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I was like, dick. And I threw my phone in the car. And I went and rode for an hour, and I came back and looked at my phone and goes, blew my transmission. <laughs> and I was like, you're freaking lying. <laughs> and he was like, nope, I'm serious. Uh, yeah, that's bad. That's bad. Yeah, that's when I was like, "What were you okay. like, granny shifting and not double clutching?" Like he was like, "That's not funny <laughs> like right now." It's not funny like right now. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Too soon, Junior." Oh, <laughs> uh, dude. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. That's uh, okay. Well, let me just let me just transition that and say, uh, <laughs> you know, look up things with that 55 engine, that CL 55, yeah. that E 55. I mean, those cars oh yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you. Okay, so the Mercedes. What are the badass Mercedes that are what sub fifteen grand or whatever? Yeah, they're all sub fifteen grand. They all, you know, with a pulley, they're like six hundred and forty horse. What is it? SL fifty five, right? SL SL fifty five. So anything, and you know, this is horrible for a podcast. So I should. That's like done. the ultimate can... dentist car, though, right? Yeah, but I mean, literally, <laughs> with with a pulley, they run like eleven. So, I mean, they're like, God dang! And, and you ain't breaking that transmission because you really, you know, all you got to do is like, yeah, traction control off, leave the line feathered a little bit, and then all the way down, mm-hmm. and then just all the way down to the end. I mean, and again, that that might take. I'm not su- suggesting that automatic transmissions are cool necessarily, but I am it's saying that they're not. Is, yeah. That's a that's a for under fifteen grand. That's a 200 mile an hour, 208 mile an hour car, unrestricted. Yeah. That, you know, you're not going to break the engine and the transmission on it. Yeah. And I, whether or not you like the Mercedes, I, I, that kind of like almost does. It's just an awesome engine, <laughs> and the guy who built its name is stamped on it. And you can follow him on Instagram and be like, "Hey, thanks for building my engine. I just turned a." 11-3, you know what I mean? And he'll be like, hmm, die school, you know? I, mean, I don't know. I mean, if you're into that, that's cool. I'm into that. So what are the, other, seriously, what are the other Mercedes? They're, they're so anything like, anything with a 55, I mean, the 63 replaced it, and initially the 63 was okay. was normally aspirated. They now do that as a bi-turbo. Um, and one of the things that I hate is European cars used to be able to, like, you would know, like, a 55 was a 5.5 liter, not anymore. Now a 63 is actually a 5.5 liter twin turbo. The the BMW's 335. You would think it had a 3.5 in it. No, it doesn't. It's got yeah. a three liter. So I mean, they've completely destroyed the naming convention. So you <laughs> you do have to do some more. None of it makes any more damn research sense. research on that. But 
Um, cars that have that supercharged 55 engine were made primarily between the years of like 2002 and 2006 or so, 2007 okay. maybe. Um, and is like the there's an E class sedan, which are I'm telling you they're so cheap it's ridiculous. And I have numerous friends that that have them that have had them for almost like a decade now. And uh, um, other than they usually like they'll upgrade the pulley and the charge cooler, like the mm-hmm. the thing that uh, you know cools the the charge. I can't believe I just explained that on this podcast. <laughs> let me let me apologize to everyone. Who, uh, I am not. <laughs> Clearly, everyone understands what a charge cooler is. I, I apologize. Um, it takes the air. Yeah, I mean, it really, they, there's not a ton of uh, a ton. Of, in fact, there's in the town where I live, there there was a guy with like an 03 or 04 E55 that ran Hoosier slicks on the street. Like it looked hilarious. Like like literal, literal Hoosier dude. It, that is what's up. Because it was on a on a just a granny sedan. I'm talking like. No other mods other yeah. than who's your slicks on the back, and and it sounded like he had some sort of like no air box because every time he would get on it, like because there's a place where people you know <clears throat> dr- drive aggressively, and when he would you'd hear him like a mile away, you'd hear the the supercharger whine, but um, and mods you know honestly upgrades for those cars aren't again I mean if they aren't that expensive relatively speaking, and maintaining the car, I mean. Again, because it's a kind of a tuner car, you have like an aftermarket for it. Like a lot of the yeah. like the pulley upgrade with the tune is like seven hundred bucks. Um, so it's a it's a billet pulley. It's the belt. It's the tune, and it's a piece of software. So you actually you download the software. It comes with like the the connector to the car. So I mean, it's like I mean, even in like uh, Evo Land, that's that's you spend the same money. So you know, so seven hundred bucks. And you essentially pick up what, 130 or so? 130, 130 horsepower. <laughs> you pick up a whole Honda. Are we? I mean, can we all just let's all go by? You know, either an E. Are or they C fun or to drive? <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. Like I, one thing I always criticize, like through the press cars that we get and everything, is that you can have very powerful cars that just who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause like they're not, they don't bring it out of you. And then you can have less powerful cars that are dogs pulling on the leash, like a Fiesta, for example. That no, you... this, the Fiesta, here's the problem. The Fiesta is one of the truly great cars of all time. Yeah. I mean, the Fiesta for the money is so good in so many ways that it, it almost doesn't deserve to be as good as it is. I mean, now it's not like the numbers aren't great. You know what yeah. I mean? Like zero to 60, quarter mile yeah, but like the pedal placement the gear shifter the suspension you know how how easily it rotates mm-hmm. there's so many good things about that car none of those things are good in the in the amg cars they're they're great cruisers they're, Just they're hammer great down when 